0: Let us pray together. Dear God, on this glorious morning, such a beautiful day with the light streaming in, we sense your presence among us as we gather together. And we thank you for coming to us in Jesus, that we might have life. Not just life, but abundant life. And today we ask that like Lazarus, you would hear, we would hear you calling us to come out of our places of dryness and death, and to take hold of the life that's really life. So we need your help, O God, and the help of your spirit. Amen. Amen. When we lived in China back in the 1980s, long before everybody had a cell phone, our annual call home to the United States took place by getting on our bikes, riding through the night to the one place that had an international line, a phone line to the United States, getting in line and then waiting to make our call. And when we got into the glass phone booth, we only had a very few and precious and very expensive minutes to say all that we wanted to to our families. Many of you have had this kind of experience before. And before we knew it, bam bam. Somebody would bang on the phone booth. (laughs) and our time was already up. Now, just think about this. You have one call a year with your family and you have a few minutes to communicate it. Communicate, what do you do? Well, Danette and I would get into the phone booth with a mental list of all the things we would mention, but have no time to explain. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then, if we were lucky, there would be just enough to share time to share one thing, one dramatic event in our lives in greater detail. And then, the bam, came on the door. Well, as I was reflecting on our two scripture passages today, I felt, I kept on remembering the Chinese phone booth. I mean, what an incredibly, and we have two passages, and I'm only going to be able to focus on the second one, and that alone, what an incredibly compelling, complex, and let's be honest, sometimes confounding story this is, of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and we're going to make that our focus today. So much to explore, so little time. (laughs) In my sermon today, I could help us wrestle with why on earth does Jesus delay his visit to his dear friend Lazarus for two more days after he knows that he is dying. I could talk about John's troubling use of the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, again, as uh, Dorcas so helpfully helped us to see last week. I could focus on John's masterful use of irony and wordplay. Oh, so beautiful, the way he plays with words. To be asleep, to be alive, living water, well water, to see or to be blind. I could focus today on why Jesus says more than a hundred times in the Gospel of John that he has come that we might believe. Believe, believe, believe. And it has a meaning far deeper than the way we use that word today. And I could focus on the incredible perceptivity of women in the Gospel of John. The Samaritan woman two weeks ago And Martha today in the way these women, unlike all the men, are able to see clearly who Jesus really is. I could, but I won't. There's no time. Because if I did focus on all those things, we might miss the huge shift that is now taking place in Jesus' story. On this fifth Sunday in Lent, dear friends, we are fast approaching the climactic events of our faith. Jesus' Last Supper. His new commandment to his disciples to love others as he has loved us. His washing of his disciples' feet. His brutal execution. And then his astonishing resurrection in our story today there's a sudden shift in energy when safely out beyond the jordan river jesus now turns and sets his face and his body and his life toward jerusalem not for another leisurely stroll through the temple or another speaking tour. Jesus is now heading for a showdown to confront and to resist and to overcome all the powers that limit and constrain and degrade the abundant life that God intends for all people, for everyone. Jesus is now heading back to the very city, the very people, the very political and religious institutions that tried to stone him the last time he was there, and are now actively plotting his death. His disciple Thomas can feel the terror in his bones And so he says, oh, let's go to Jerusalem with our teacher and die with him. I want us to remember this morning that our Lord Jesus has come that we might have life, abundant life, I'm talking about neighborliness, well-being, shalom, wholeness, harmony, and aliveness. And this isn't a thriving that just happens for some people at everybody else's expense. But it is what Jesus is talking about is a communal thriving together. Less lonely, less exhausted, less conflicted, less afraid, and more awake, alive, more grateful, energized. Life lived to the full together, taking hold of the life that's really life. Friends, I just heard last night in a podcast, 2.7 million people are leaving the church in America every year. 2.7 million. And I believe it's because shared aliveness is not what they are experiencing in the church. And so they're voting with their feet. Is that what we are experiencing here today, in our community? I sure hope so. Shared aliveness must be the litmus test for all true religion. Does it bring people alive? Is this the fruit of this faith or not? So keep this in mind as we enter into Bethany with Jesus today, just two short miles away from Jerusalem, as he stops to minister to his friend who has died. And in John, it is Jesus' seventh and climactic final sign, and it foreshadows all that's going to happen later in Jerusalem. You know, John Eby this morning talked about the headlines that are troubling all of us these days. So much of our human reality is controlled by death and the fear of death. Death and its many proxies. Anxiety, anxiety, sickness humiliation poverty shame isolation and numbness numbness is a big one in america our gospel today does not hide these realities of death and its impact on us we see sorrow in this story we can feel and touch and even smell Did you notice that, the stench of death in this story? And so outside Lazarus' tomb today, in the face of this reality, this pervasive reality of death, we see that Jesus not only weeps, but we also see his fury. In the original Greek, in verse 33 and 38, It doesn't just say that Jesus is a little disturbed, a little weepy. It says he is angry. He is raging against all the ways that death has narrowed and curtailed and limited the abundant life and flourishing that God intends for Lazarus and for the whole human Family. Jesus is ticked. And so, with just three words Lazarus, come out. Jesus shows us that God's love is stronger than death. And, dear friends, the wonderful thing is, I believe he's not just talking to Lazarus this morning, but to all of us as well. He is saying to you and to me, come out of your tombs. Get out of your graves. Be free of whatever is holding you captive here this morning. What is that? What is that? Be free. For those of us who have been holding, holding tight onto a deep bitterness, a grudge, a grievance for so long, Jesus is saying to us, come out, be free. For those among us who cannot breathe, Because of our race, because of our gender, because of our sexual orientation, Jesus is saying to us, come out. Come out of your tombs and your closets too. Start being who God has made you to be. For those of us enslaved to an addiction, to a prescription, to pornography, to the stock market, or to our phone, Jesus is standing outside our tomb and calling to us and saying, come out, be free. For all of us who struggle with deep, a deep anxiety and a pervasive fear. Any of you feel that like I often do? He's saying to us, come out. Let my love stabilize you. Let my love stabilize you. And for all of us filled with dread about growing older. Is that anybody here? Who only see ahead a wasteland of diminishment instead of a grace land of deepening wisdom, generosity, and depth of soul. Jesus is calling to us and saying, Come out. Keep on living to the full. I just love this story. Because at the very end, woo. Did you hear what Jesus says to Martha? Dear Martha. She's gotten such flack over the centuries. But she's there at this crucial moment. And Jesus says to our dear Martha and to all the other people standing around the tomb, take away the stone. And what he actually means, dear friends, is all of you take away that stone. All of you unbind, Lazarus, all of you, let him go. Do you see it? He wants all of us to participate in his liberating work. We get in on the action. We get in on the action. He wants us to help move away each other's heavy stones. He wants us to help unbind each other from all the things that hold us captive. And he wants us to help free each other to experience life to the full. Because the glory of God is a community of people coming fully alive together. Together. Amen. <laughs> My time's up.